Hello, I'm Amanda. I'm Nada, and welcome to Girls Who Grill. This is a special episode. We are recording the day after Valentine's Day, but it's also to catch up on some hot mess that is yeah. The Bachelor. Some, yeah. yeah, some really hot mess that is The Bachelor. And kind of the point of releasing this around Valentine's Day is it's like themed with The Bachelor and this idea of like love in that whole <laughs> universe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and first of all, Nada was telling me before we recorded, she was starting to tell me about her Valentine's Day. And then I was like, wait a minute maybe we should record this because if i was not here i would want to hear i want to i would want to hear all about this yeah that's really kind of you to say that um (laughs) it it just was a normal date um so pretty much me and eli my partner we they're in england right now studying linguistics and portuguese aka things well one thing that i am not equipped to understand because linguistics is like word science and I don't like that um (laughs) but they're in England right now so we're being like long distance and it wasn't expected I was supposed to go there and be like a bohemian living in Europe and writing stories in their dorm room but instead I'm just in this trash can of a country um so I mean England's also a trash can but like it's a different trash can. So, <laughs> yesterday... At least you're getting out nice, of your own one. Exactly. You get out of yeah. your own trash can, and you go hang out in a different one. You know, <laughs> instead of yeah. Oscar the Grouch having an American accent, he has a British accent. Um, yes. So, we did, like, a nice little Zoom date. We got Indian food. I got mine from Trader Joe's because I knew it was going to be um, cheap and delicious. So, I went to Trader Joe's, got some Indian food. I also got this $3 wine, which actually was really good. Um, it was the, it's the two-buck chuck that is actually now $3 to everybody who um, was expecting it to still be $1.99. Um, so, we ate our Indian food. They sweated profusely because they didn't know that their dish was spicy, and they don't oh. get spicy. Um, oh. It was kind of funny to watch. Um, but don't tell them I said that. Uh, okay, so then we, we got the, um, we ate the Indian food, and then we did a Harry Potter escape room, which is just, like, this librarian in Pennsylvania, like, (laughs) created a Google form that is a, like, a virtual Harry Potter escape room, and it was Uh really fun and really weird. It just was, like, a bunch of puzzles that you had to solve, and, like, Uh math, and, um, maps. So I was Uh like, oh, this is so exciting. And Eli's never read Harry Potter. So like every other page, they were like, what the fuck is a port key? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was really fun. They were like, what's a prefect? And I was like, oh my God, how do I explain this? Um, So that was fun. And then we finished that and we watched But I'm a Cheerleader on YouTube. And it actually was like a really good movie. I thought it was truly hilarious yeah i Um, really want to watch it really really good things you should watch it because it's like it's like these if you've never heard of it or seen it this girl gets sent to essentially like a gay away camp um they're trying to like get people to become heterosexual instead of homosexual and she's like i am not gay i am a cheerleader what do you mean i have a boyfriend and then like over the course of being at the camp, she realizes that she is, in fact, gay and inevitably falls in love with one of the campers. 
Um, and I think, oh, and RuPaul is in it as, like, a very butch man, which, <laughs> it, like, is completely incongruous to who he is in the world now. Uh-huh. So it was really weird watching him. But, like, as inevitably happens when you put a bunch of hormonal gay teenagers in the campiest house that has ever existed they all just start making out with each other so Mm -hmm. great movie would highly recommend you watch it and that was my valentine's day oh and then i went to sleep and i had a nightmare about the bachelor (laughs) oh no oh god i had a dream that they had like um that they had journalists who live mm-hmm. in the bachelor mansion and I was one of the journalists living in the bachelor mansion and I had been friends with Rachel Kirk Connell we were like having a grand old time and then I found out that she was racist and I was really upset so I switched roommates <laughs> and I went to go stay in the room with this other girl but then I also became a contestant and I was like how the fuck did I end up on the bachelor I'm a journalist but then I quit because I was like, I don't want to be on TV anymore. So that was my nightmare. I was so stressed out the whole time. I was like, how am I going to be on TV? I don't want to do this. Yeah. That's horrible. I hate that it has, um, like, infiltrated your dreams, which should oh, be safe. <laughs> yeah. I just It's because I posted that YouTube video yesterday, and... Mm-hmm. It has gotten more views than any of the other videos I've posted have in a single day. And so now I'm really sweaty that somebody from The Bachelor is going to, like, come yell at me. <laughs> oh. gonna be like, Why are you being so mean to Rachel? I thought it was great. I, I watched it. Um, everyone should check out Nada's YouTube channel. It was really good. Okay, so I okay. guess let's talk about what we're here to talk about today. Yes. After six full minutes of podcasting. What we're here to talk about today is the recent scandal in Bachelor Nation, um, Mm -hmm. the rampant racism that has been wreaking havoc on the franchise, Mm -hmm. and kind of just to get, like, two different perspectives, me as, like, a newcomer to the series and Amanda as a long-time, a longer-time viewer, I should say. Um, So, Amanda, do you want to explain what's going on, and then we can... Yes. Yeah, so... I'm also going to be drinking some kombucha, so... (laughs) just going to mute myself right now. Oh, good, good, good. Um, So, essentially what has happened is there was a contestant on the show named Rachel Kirkconnell, um, and she was presented as a very much front-runner in the series and kind of very sweet and, in like, very positive light. And... I saw a TikTok the first episode. So before even I could have a moment for the editing to trick me, I was I already saw this TikTok of a girl who went to a neighboring high school who knew her friend group and allegedly was accusing her or her friend group of basically being they were in the south of being like bullying her for liking black guys and the and basically like having a culture of bullying and racism within her friend group and either she was actively part of that or complicit in it or it's that part was like that tiktok was very much a little bit of rumors but i definitely was like at that point i i can't get invested in this girl um and then more and more came out about her of her posts liking her 
um, friends who were posing in front of Confederate flags um, and dressing up in racist, um, like, dress of, like, other cultures, like, culturally appropriating. Um, and then people started kind of digging more into, like, her family. And I, I haven't seen that much stuff about that, but I have heard that I think they, like, donated to Trump and posted some things online. I think they, like, he, her dad donated to Win Red, which is a political action committee that was created mm. to re-elect Donald Trump in 2020. And her mom, I think this, I'm not entirely sure about this, but I think she was posting QAnon adjacent things on okay, Facebook. Yeah. yeah, so then it was that for a while, and then I would say maybe more recently, there was a post that was revealed of her wearing, dressing up in 2018, um, wearing um basically like a antebellum south plantation party sorority party that she was dressed up as um like scarlett o'hara with all of her friends um on a plantation and yeah this was very recently she's like two three years ago um two years ago but anyways so that happened and the main thing is that this has been out now for months and months and she's not months and months but it's been out for like a while though um and she's been a front runner on the show and has not commented at all about it has not acknowledged it and it's uh, it seems as if from my perspective that she could be maybe she's partly scared of and seeking advice from abc who's telling her not to but it still seems like it was always within her power to put out a statement about it um but she had it and then chris harrison was on an interview with rachel Lindsay, um who was the first black bachelorette and she also has like a thriving career now so she was interviewing for i think it was like entertainment weekly or one of those I don't it was know, extra um, sites where oh extra okay so she's an interviewer there and so in that capacity she was interviewing chris harrison about the episode and asked him about um what he thought about rachel and the fact that she hadn't put out a statement yet um and chris came out really hot off the gate like charged as if he had been like boiling for months and this was like his time to like put <laughs> it like, like, it's it, my the energy was really extreme yeah and I interpreted this as him feeling like I did it. Like, I did the band-aid. I gave you guys these two seasons. I did this. I posted a black square for um, BLM and then deleted it a couple months later. I did everything and I'm still seeking criticisms. And this has gone too far. And that was the energy that I was getting from him. Um, And he was basically like, what do you want me to do? it was very extreme and basically was like, who are we to say what she should do? Who are we? Like, this was five years ago. And then Rachel Lindsay had to correct and be like, this was in 2018. And then he basically, through the interview, was insinuating that no one knew that this was wrong until 2020. And that's why she should not be critiqued. Anyways, do you want to finish the story? Because this is taking a lot longer than I expected to summarize. That's okay. It's like, <laughs> like complicated and also 
a whole bunch of random small things happening that amount to, like, bigger annoying things. But essentially, um, that's essentially it. So he did that. He said that. Um, What he said, I think, specifically, and I don't want to misquote him, but pretty, this is, like, the essence of what he said, was that, are we judging Rachel Kirkconnell by the standards of 2021 or by the standards of 2018? And he was like, how many people went to Antebellum South parties in 2018? Like, 50 million? You know? And I was like, what? No. Um, (laughs) So, he, so that, yeah, that's kind of, like, the Chris Harrison of it all. He's had to step down as the host of The Bachelor, which I think is utterly hilarious. Um, He's, like, said that he's stepping away. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think even though it sounds like it's actually that he's stepping down, I think it's, I know this franchise, I think they're, he's not gonna be a peer for the rest of this season. He's not gonna be at which yeah. just means he won't be at the, like, tell-all at the end. Um, and then I think he'll be back. I genuinely think that that's what's going to happen, sadly. I think he was yeah. at the tell-all, because he said that he had filmed it um, with... He had, like, filmed yeah. it with um, the women, but Rachel wasn't there, and that was, like, the basis of his statement. He was like, I didn't get to speak to Rachel at the women tell-all, because she wasn't there, yeah. but... Um, yeah, I but like, he, um, he just I won't called be after appearance. the final rose. After the final okay, rose yeah. is what I was thinking. Yeah, which is after the yeah. at the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So I just and then what has happened is that Rachel Kirkconnell finally released a statement apologizing for what she did, and we can get into that later. But that is like the whole situation from start to finish. It started with some like accusations of her being kind of racist to like a thing that she did that was actually racist and then chris harrison shoving his foot all the way down his esophagus um and she has finally apologized and like throughout this whole thing it was interesting like matt james was kind of making statements that were like hedging a little bit he was saying like i want people to um get to know rachel or like I don't know if any of this is true, but it could be. He just, like, seemed to be, like, not really falling on one side or the other of the issue. And then he finally released a statement, um, I think last week, where he said that he was in support of Rachel Lindsay. And he was like, thank you for all that you do, like, trailblazing for this franchise and speaking up for, like, black people. And also I'm in support of the... Oh, that's another thing that happened. Like, the women on The Bachelor... Mm-hmm. who were like on his season released a statement together on instagram and were like we don't support racism we don't support chris harrison's statements defending racism and we think that you should call it out whenever it happens so throughout all of that i was like where is matt where is rachel like why are the two people who are kind of at the center of this not really saying anything um mm-hmm. yeah so, okay, I also just looked up Rachel Lindsay and found out that she was born two days before me. We love a Taurus queen. I feel like I understand <laughs> a lot more about her now. And I wish her nothing but the best. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I listened to her um, official Bachelor podcast just, I would say, like, a year ago just because I thought she was really interesting to talk to and recently it's been worse and worse like you can tell she's so checked out from like participating in that just because 
the comments yeah. that they're constantly receiving. Um, so, but she also has appeared on other podcasts and she has one, like her own one. And so it's, I've kind of moved away from listening to the official one because it sounds so horrible. Like, it sounds like she's like under duress. Um, but it is, I do. I love The Bachelor. This is so (laughs) interesting. Yay. Yeah. But it is, I think she's like really interesting and she's now doing other cool things and Okay. okay, so I feel like you kind of heard my perspective on this uh, mm-hmm. from my video, and I'll say more stuff that I said in my, some of the stuff that I said in my video here, but I'm interested to know, like, what you think as a person who's been watching this show for a little while. Like, are you surprised, or do you, are you, like, disappointed? What Like, what's your thoughts? Yeah, so I'm going to start with my thoughts on Chris Harrison, and then I'll get into the entire... Yeah. franchise so i the beginning of watching this and again i haven't been watching for very long like really for me it was started well i was in college a couple years ago and then i always kind of had one foot out of the door like i jumped out at hannah brown season yeah and i got really tired of it and so i always feel like i'm in this cycle of getting exhausted and bored and like feel morally repulsed by this show and then i'll be like okay i haven't watched it for a while and my friends are watching it let me just see what's going on and keep a distance from it um but anyway so when i was watching originally i always thought chris harrison was i I don't know if i can say it's fine i always thought he was a human (laughs) and it was just so funny because you like never come down hard on anybody except like three people in the world you'll just be like yeah i hate them (laughs) yeah that's when i know somebody is really evil (laughs) because you have a very strong opinion about it yeah yeah and that's (laughs) i know i'm usually like okay i guess whatever but he from the beginning and i'll tell you why it was because i always knew he knew everything that was going on and when he pretended like he didn't know what was going on, I thought it was so sneaky. And his eyes always, whenever something went wrong, he got so excited in his eyes. Like he was like <laughs> getting younger and his skin was clearing because of the pain and drama of others. And it really scared me. You could me see the hellfire dancing in his reflection. Yeah. And I don't feel that about most people. Other people, I think, are do bad things or are annoying, but I don't get the same scary energy. But I have to say, this past season, because I usually I watch it like with more of a hate, like hate watching kind of. But then this last season mm-hmm. with Tasha, I think because I had my guard down because of the pandemic, and it was just nice to see people talk and be cute. And it felt more DIY, if that makes sense, because they were just throwing the show together. It seemed less of this giant machine operation. Yeah, Yeah. and so he would just appear at random moments, like, I'll be the ice cream guy. Like, Chris Harrison's role changed in a way that I slowly wore me down, because I was like, this is kind of funny. I guess you're not as evil as I thought. And then this season happened. So I do feel like I was like lowered my guard a little and then he like sucker punched me in the face. That's how I feel. Um, So I I wouldn't say I'm surprised, but I'm like, I should have 
stuck with my original gut instinct on this man. Um, so that's I my feeling. Very like similar. Him. I have a very similar experience, but mm-hmm. I'll tell you <laughs> off screen. Okay. <laughs> that's when I know it's really I'm not bad. Proud of it. <laughs> Wait, did you find him attractive? No, not with Chris Harris. Okay, good, good, completely good. different. Oh, okay. He <laughs> looks like scary. Paul Ryan's cousin. Like, <laughs> he's got the creepy okay. blue eyes. And, mm, I'm gonna stop. Continue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess about the franchise in general. Yeah, I think I was listening when I was listening to your video and hearing about like who this, like who this demographic is and who it's catering to. And I was also talking to my friend Amanda Wessel about it after our first Bachelor podcast because we were talking about specifically, it's, it is very much, a, I would say, middle, lower class white women who aren't famous, don't have that kind of clout, but like can be on the show. And, and it's not even, I guess, about like class, but just about they're not famous or like who gets on this show and can like seek this level of prestige and fame through this um but then hearing also about the demographics of who who's watching I also was thinking about myself because I think I think of myself as someone who watches it critically and not is and not engaging in the fantasy of it because I don't really buy into that but then also I was like I am a part of this demographic so it just made me think about it more of when you're like ironically or not fully liking something but then you're still supporting it and if that's really what I want so I don't know it made me question my relationship with the show I will again recommend that you listen to the episodes of appointment television about that's another podcast that I really enjoy but they have a bunch of episodes about the bachelor because the two women hosts really enjoy it and they like suckered the man host into watching it for one season um but they kind of talk about that like the this idea that like there's like a class subconsciously attached to who the viewership of the bachelor is and that them as like middle upper middle class highly educated white women they don't see themselves as a part of the core demographic of the bachelor but like really they still are and yeah so i think Mm -hmm. that i think i would recommend that you do that but i do want to say okay so what i kind of said in my video is that it feels like the um base of the bachelor and this has been my entire life like this is part of the reason why i never watched it um but it feels like it's specifically aimed at white women of marriageable age and like playing into their fantasies of what marriage can be like and especially in the united states of america like i feel like people would expect that group to be a lot less conservative than it is in actuality so um i just think that i always knew that whenever the bachelor finally decided to cast any person who wasn't white there was going to inevitably be problems and i think that that's the reason why it's taken them so long to do that because it like the engine of the show is drama they want to create as much drama as possible and when you're dealing with people who aren't white the easiest drama to create is 
race-based. So you let people onto the show who may or may not be racist. You put the um, protagonist, I guess would be the word for the person who is the bachelor or bachelorette, in the position to like deal with that racism and then put the contestants who are vying for their affection, like the ones who really deserve it are the ones who are like quote unquote chivalrous in protecting them or saving them or helping them work through whatever racism mm-hmm. is happening. So like that's that's a possibility for drama that can be created on a season with a bachelor or bachelorette that is a person of color. I'm not saying that they intend for that to happen, but they're also probably aware that it can. So me coming into me watching this from afar as somebody who this is my first season watching the show at all. I'm not surprised that any of this is happening. In fact, I mostly think it's funny because like fucking of course Chris Harrison would shove his foot in his mouth. And I think part of his defense of Rachel, um, you know that line from Hamlet, me thinks the lady doth protest too much. Like me thinks mm-hmm. the Chris Harrison doth protest too much. Part of his defense of Rachel Kirkconnell was like also a defense of himself. The idea is like, we're all a little bit racist, right? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess I have a question, which I, is related to what you were just saying about them being aware of like casting people. And I have my opinion about this, but I'm curious to hear yours of if they knowingly casted Rachel as like knowing this about her, or if they, and what I think is that they didn't even consider it they were like that's that's what i didn't even consider it as racism because they just like were unaware and didn't even think of it as that if that makes sense yeah i feel like it's it's an unconscious bias like Mm -hmm. i like if i'm a producer and i see her in um a native american halloween costume or i see that she has friends who are like wearing MAGA hats or dressing up as Mexicans for Halloween or standing in front of Confederate flags, I would be like, she's not going to be near Matt James with a 10-foot pole. But that's because I'm Black and I have an understanding about racism and, like, what, like, the ways that it can be, it can seem kind of, like, innocuous, but actually be symptomatic of, like, deeper issues, you know? Like, things like people can do small things that actually reveal like larger attitudes that they have i feel like the the producers of the bachelor probably looked through her instagram and didn't see anything really wrong Mm -hmm. with what she was doing um and the way that she looked and i think that she had an understanding that it was wrong because all of those pictures are gone now like somebody had to go on and screenshot them in order for people to know that they even exist. So she knew that they were wrong, but I think that they, like, it it didn't, it's not something that they really think about in their screening process because, generally speaking, that's not something that you have to think about when you're screening for The Bachelor. Yeah, I agree. I I think that is the case, and I really, I don't understand how they don't do this. Like, and this also was an issue on last season. They someone was on one of the guys um, was accused of sexual assault by multiple people. So different subject, but I just don't understand how they don't do like background checks or even scroll through people's Instagrams. It doesn't make any sense when you could be causing harm to someone. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't remember who this was, but I saw this guy from the bachelorette. He did like a 
ask me anything on um twitter and he was answering people's yeah. questions did you see that yeah and he was like yeah i, I know exactly <laughs> and he seemed really bitter but also i believe him he was like they don't care they just want to do whatever they can to make drama it it does sometimes feel like they're just like throwing things at a wall <laughs> to like make a tv show and see yeah dicks and there's not a lot of thought that mm-hmm. goes into any of this stuff yeah and i think because it seems like this huge machine now and from what i've heard there's so many people that work on production and are there actually when they're filming and also if you ever watch the show unreal that's how it seems it's just like so many people that i think if you work there i could imagine it becomes less personal and you're just doing your job and like it's less ownership of what you're doing and you're just kind of like doing things and being part of this show that you lose track of the humanity of the people that you're working with that's how I feel yeah I also I wanted to talk about like something that we brought up in our first bachelor episode Mm -hmm. um and something that I've also been thinking so like this is a spoiler just putting that out there um but I feel like there so it's rumored that Rachel Kirkconnell wins this season of The Bachelor. And I am not surprised. <laughs> and I'm trying to unpack why I am not surprised. Um, and I think it's... I think it's because people... Per- mm, I don't know. I feel like it. it's because he... I feel like Matt James thinks that he wants to get married right now. Or that he at least, mm-hmm. like, wants to find the person that he's going to marry right now. But that's not what's happening here. Like, and I wonder... I don't want to, yeah. like, question his motives for being on the show. Because I don't think that it's, like, a conscious thing. But I feel like when I'm thinking about people on the show who are, like, the most ready to actually be in a relationship that's going to lead to marriage rachel is at the bottom of the list next to kit like she doesn't seem like she's in a place where being married is something that she's concerned about right now and i feel like i can say this because i am i was raised catholic i know a lot of people who get married at like 21 like right out the gate that's the goal like that's what they want um so and I I also had that mindset like when I was a kid I had this understanding that I was going to get married when I was like 20 22 because that's just what you do so I don't know this is me observe this is like this is me like conjecturing and observing from the outside you know also Matt like it's not any different from him and any other lead I think a lot of them are just here's an opportunity they're gonna do it they hope for the best they hope it works out but you know maybe it wasn't wouldn't be in a time in life they would normally do this but they have this great yeah. opportunity so might as well see if it works but yeah I also don't think I don't think either of them are like look I'm dying to get married right now yeah and I say this as a person who is actively dying to get married <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, I want to do it tomorrow. I just do. I want that for you. 
Thank you. I want that for you so much. This is one final thing that I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That may, we can cut it out or we can keep it in. But I just think it's interesting because one of the things that Chris Harrison mentioned was about Rachel's parents and how people were digging into their past and like that's not fair to her. And I've heard this a lot, mostly from white people, really, that like mm-hmm. you can't judge somebody based off of who their parents are. And like, but I just feel like it's, I don't agree with that. Because I feel like it is indicative of where they come from, in a way. Mm -hmm. And even when we're thinking about, like, even if I'm thinking about something like um, being homophobic, like, you can be a gay person with homophobic parents who has, like, internalized homophobia and ideas about yourself because of those parents that you had. You know, and so, like, even if you're the mm-hmm. most liberal person in the world and your parents are, like, MAGA till they die, you still yeah. grew up with them. They still raised you. They still have some kind of, like, they still, you are a human because those people took care of you ostensibly. So I feel like it's not completely, it's not completely useless to look at who somebody's family is to understand at the very least, like, what kinds of mindsets they were raised around. They may or may not agree with that, but then it is their job to disavow that. That's, That's at least my opinion. Like, there's a lot of things that my parents say and do and believe that I don't agree with and that I have never agreed with, and I will tell them that's stupid. (laughs) Like, I don't agree with that. Not everybody has the latitude to do that, but, like, I think when you're a public figure, that that is relevant. I don't think it's irrelevant that her parents are or maybe are like Trump people. Yeah. I I think I agree, especially when it, it's a public figure where it's just your whole you're like signing up to be putting on a pedestal in some way so people have the right mm-hmm. to interrogate you and learn yeah. who you are and want to know who you are. You're not just some random person, you know, like, I I think that that's true. And it would tell a lot about you as a person. And if you don't want to be seen that way, then you can speak and say what you want to be and be who you want to be. I also think, like, I also think, like, as a person of color, it's a part of my, um, like, there are things that I do to Mm -hmm. see if I can support somebody and, like, Mm-hmm. everything is in it's all a holistic picture like I look at their Instagram their Twitter their Facebook all of the and like see if I see any dog whistles buzzwords like anything that's even vaguely racist and if I have an understanding that your parents are or might be racist then mm-hmm. that it might th- that person might feel like it shouldn't count as a strike against them but like that to me it's more important whether or not I am actively supporting somebody who is like who like degrades people like me it's more important for me to not be supporting somebody who degrades people like me than for me to give people the benefit of the doubt especially when I don't know them so I just have to judge people based off of the information that I have available to me and 
if I get to know you someday and I realize that you're not that kind of person, that's great. But like, as of right now, you are just a face on my evil phone box that I look at sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I want yeah, to say about that. That makes sense. So the last time we did a podcast about The Bachelor was after the first episode and we released it way later. So everyone was like, like, what? <laughs> like, I want more. So yeah. do you want to do a little bit about what we've thought since then? Like any yeah, impressions or anything? Yeah, let's talk about or- that. Okay. Um, you can go first because I have to collect my thoughts. Okay. Yes, I'm collecting my thoughts too. I also have a list of all of them so I can remember who's still there. Um, okay, so great, much has great. happened. <laughs> I think that, I mean, at this point, emotionally, I will say I'm very exhausted by it. And I think it's all of it wrapped together of the drama of the girls on the season and all of those plots. And then also just the meta of what's going on with the show. I just feel like mm-hmm. kind of done. But I will say it's been fun to watch and especially like live text with you about some of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of, I liked having Katie to, I liked like Katie like telling Matt about that drama. I thought that was, I thought she handled that really yeah. well. Um, I'm just giving some general thoughts. I thought that um, MJ was my biggest. If you listen to our first episode, I was very high on MJ because I thought she had cool hair. And she's been my biggest stock, stock plummet. Yeah, it's yeah. very disappointing. Um, she she was one of the most annoying to me. Like, I understand a lot of them were mean. But her energy and her describing herself, like so entrenched in her narrative of that she's peaceful and she likes good vibes and she would never be mean and she's like she leads by example like what while actively being mean to others i was like that's so hypocritical and it seemed like she was more into the aesthetic of being like a hippie as opposed to actually buying into that at all yeah Um, because she like Sarah was crying and trying to apologize to her and she like totally blanked her when like the the episode that Sarah left I don't know it just that's yeah I think that this is a lot more dramatic than I expected it to be which I'm having a great time with um yeah I I had no idea what was going to happen I didn't know that there was going to be a whole bullying subplot um and I agree I feel like Katie really handled that situation as best as she could I also think that her and Matt did not have any romantic chemistry. Oh no, um, not at all. <laughs> yeah, it it didn't it didn't. We have an episode coming out about um, chemistry on screen that sizzles, mm-hmm. um, and it did not sizzle. It didn't even spark. It just was like, yeah, like it it yeah. was. They were both yeah. Like, so uh huh. So I think it's nice. That I think it's good that she's gone because she will probably find somebody better for her somewhere else. But I was really enjoying her as a, like, contestant on the show. Because I feel like she knew... There's a way that she did... She told him about the drama for to, like, make it stop. But also, she knew that people were going home. Like, I don't think it was calculated mm-hmm. of her being, like... 
Yeah. These bitches are leaving. But it was also her being like, I mean, if people leave after I say yeah. this, it wouldn't be bad. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, and then I guess now up to the most recent kind of drama is Heather showing up. Um, oh my God. Which I have to say, I don't care to see her return to my screen. She was not exciting the first time she was on. Um, I still don't think she's really bringing anything. <laughs> um, and she seems like perfectly nice and fine. And I really want her to be happy, but I just don't. That's what I have to say. I, I didn't need to see her again, but I also feel like the show really screwed her over. And they're really yeah. giving her the cra crazy girl edit by showing up in her minivan. And her freak, her shots of her quarantining made me deeply uncomfortable of her like oh, balancing yeah. a pizza box and seeming like she's like, I'm ready to meet my husband. Like, it, it really scared it, me. Yeah, they really... They were like, this is the, yeah, they fucked her over just to add more yeah. drama because I, yeah. I've never seen her before. I don't know who she is. And I'm like, who is this bitch? Just like pulling up out of nowhere. Like 17 people have already gone home. Why are you here? Yeah. Also, I saw this on Instagram or maybe it was on Twitter, but like, why didn't Hannah Brown just give her Matt's number if she was that I know. him? Like. This is, it reeks of, um, constructed by the producers. It smells yes. very much like a plant. And I say that mostly because what blonde girl with blue eyes and that body drives a Dodge Caravan minivan? None. She would be driving a Mercedes G-Wagon using her clout from being on The Bachelor and her Instagram followers to pay her car note every month. That's what would be happening. So I don't buy that she drives a Dodge Caravan. And I don't buy that she just needed to date Matt so badly that she showed up halfway through the season. And Chris Harrison was like, oh my god, Heather's here. What are yeah, you doing here? Like, he's just yeah. so and can't not good at acting. Um, so, yeah, I feel like Heather is going to be one of those, like, false bottoms. Like, she'll be there for today, and he'll be like, what the fuck, and then she'll be gone. Yeah, she'll she'll be gone by the end of this episode coming up. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's actually that going to be that big of a deal, but it does seem like it's going to bring up a lot of the mean girl, like, us versus them mentality that's been very intense this season and kind of feels like I'm watching Lord of the Flies or some kind of <laughs> sociological experiment as opposed to a yeah. reality dating show. I'm like, like this, this is what happens. Freaky. This is what happens when you leave 25 women in a mansion in Pennsylvania and yeah. fight over one man. Um, do you have any like dark horse favorites? Like people you didn't expect to be your favorite at the beginning who you're really interested in now? Oh, you know, I th I think my original takes have mostly paid off. Um, but mm -hmm. of my favorites left, I really like Brie. I feel like we should be seeing more of her. But she was my favorite from the beginning because her limo entrance was really good. Um, I really like Abigail. I'm really 
sad that she hasn't gotten any like one-on-one time which I think is yeah which yeah, is very rare when you get the first impression rose usually you would get a date within the first couple weeks um but I, I think that means maybe she'll get one and then get sent home I don't I don't think she's gonna go particularly far but I think she's really sweet and compelling to hear from her and oh I really like Michelle I like her a lot she is someone that I guess is a is more unexpected because she wasn't around at first and yeah she but I I thought her chemistry was unexpected because she kind of came out of nowhere and then their date was so good and they like their their actual chemistry and talking to each other and whenever he talks to her he seems really comfortable and like I could actually see them being a good pair in the world so I would say those are my people I'm kind of looking positively towards what about you i think okay so my secret favorite from last week that i wasn't expecting to be my favorite is yesenia um i'm so proud of her for standing up to mj they had that like Mm two-on-one where mj was essentially just like yelling at her and telling her to shut up because yesenia like told matt that mj had been a part of the like mean girls in the house who were um like making fun of the new girls and she just was so she's a strong silent type she really held it down during that Mm -hmm. whole time and she was like the truth will come out and she's also really pretty um so i like her now i hope she doesn't make me eat those Mm -hmm. words um who else (laughs) i like like her too somebody yeah and she's very put together she is she is very put together Mm -hmm. i really like um brie too i want to see more of her as well because i feel like I don't know i feel like they're like a cute match um Mm -hmm. and then same michelle love her queen Mm -hmm. i'm so glad that she came i feel like they do have really good chemistry their date made me believe that this show is actually about love (laughs) like it just was so romantic and so sweet and they Mm -hmm. went in like a hot air balloon and then they had dinner and they were talking about like what they think their futures are going to be like and it aligned perfectly and so in a dream world she wins they get married in two years and then they start churning out light-skinned babies and i'm here for it like all the way through from start to finish Mm -hmm. um or even if rachel does win he calls her up in a couple years and he's like hey i actually want to get married now what's up Mm -hmm. and she's like yeah let's Mm -hmm. do this um so i like and she's also a teacher from minnesota um which Mm -hmm. i enjoy i i enjoy that quite a bit i really like i really like a midwesterner i really like a teacher Mm -hmm. i remember serena c she's a um, oh yeah sleeper hatred now i think she's really funny (laughs) but i also don't like her anymore yeah and i'm sad that she got to stay and katie left yeah, I feel like now there's a lot of people who are kind of tarnished by all of that drama that happened that I just can't root for them anymore. There's only a couple of people that were really separated from it. That's part of the thing about Rachel, too, is that, like, she, her, like, her, Brie, and Michelle are, like, three of the people who were never involved in the drama to begin with. Like, anytime you would see them, they would just be, like, on the sidelines watching and not like mm-hmm. participating in it and i feel like that's it's edited that way on purpose it, it really feels that yes. way yes 
I, I agree. Yeah. And I, I I heard this somewhere else, but there's a during the fight with Katie and um who was it? Katie and oh Katie and Serena C mm-hmm. went before Katie leaves. Um Katie's like, I didn't name any names, I didn't name MJ, I didn't name um victoria i didn't name or then then there's like a weird cut as if she named someone Mm -hmm. else and they decided to Mm -hmm. cut it because it didn't work with the story they were telling um so i'm curious i think it could be someone like piper perhaps because there was like a couple shots of her being involved um or perhaps someone in the top three i don't know but i just think it's interesting that they're like very selective about who they want to be in this now I want to go yeah. back and watch that and like at like yeah. two point five point two five times speed and like see where her <laughs> mouth is moving to see yeah, what the name is. That's the thing about mm-hmm. this show that it's like such trash, like utter trash. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm so invested. Like the drama is really interesting to me, and I love drama when it doesn't have anything to do with my life. Yeah, I know that's that's the struggle um okay so do we have any other thoughts about this season are you so are you gonna continue watching you think throughout the whole season i think i'm gonna watch this week and then like Make wait until the final three yeah because like i don't I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, I don't care about all of these extra people. I just want to know, like, where this goes. And especially with the whole situation with Rachel, like, if she wins, I'm not going to sit through several weeks of the producers trying to make her seem cute when I know what she's capable of. Oh, this is something that I wanted to say about her earlier that I forgot about. But I just feel like, I feel like there's a part of her, like... If she is even a little bit... I just... Okay. Because I feel like there's this phenomenon, like, even as Black Lives Matter has been gaining more attention and, like, mm-hmm. issues around racism have been gaining more attention, I feel like there's this phenomenon of the, like, fake ally of people who mm-hmm. can, are convincing other people or even convincing themselves that they are allied with causes relating specifically to black people because i don't know about anybody else's situation but like relating Mm -hmm. to black people and but they're just using it for clout like i feel like that was a lot of what we saw in 2020 with the george floyd protests was like a lot of people who had previously been actively or passively racist using that period of time for clout and to have people um like give them an ally pass so that they can gain more followers and gain more cachet and i don't know if this is what rachel is doing i don't know if this is the kind of person that rachel is but i just think i feel like her apology that she released which you can find on her instagram page Mm -hmm. it felt a lot like all of the um all of the like buzzwords for an apology for mm-hmm. racism like if you sit on twitter and go through all of other people's apologies and like problems that people had with them it felt like she mm-hmm. constructed her apology so that nobody would have any problems with them but i don't know if she's actually sorry 
and that is what yeah is going to like take time and take work like your apology for racism isn't in the words that you say it's in the work that you do every single day to combat that um mindset within yourself and you should be doing so much work that you can't be faking your way through it like even if it starts as a fake thing that you're doing for clout by the end of it you actually are no longer racist like that's yeah that's what an actual apology is and i it remains to be seen quite honestly yeah i i get that especially yeah it was like the words i read it too and it was yeah it felt very constructed and perfect yeah but give yeah. me no insight into the actual heart or intentions behind it. Because the other thing is, like, there's no admission of guilt, really. Of, like, there's no real admission of this is what I did wrong, and this is why it was yeah. wrong. And this is what I'm going to do in the future to make sure that that doesn't happen again. I find that a lot. I mean, you can even look at Justin Timberlake's apology to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson. Like, he didn't. That people, like, celebrities, when they apologize for things, don't ever say what they actually did wrong. And it might be a legal yeah. thing of them not being able to take culpability because then they can be sued. Um, but, like, I don't know. I feel like that is as important when apologizing for something as just saying, I'm sorry. Like, what did you do that was actually wrong? And do you understand why it was wrong? Yeah, and I think from what you were saying about learning buzzwords and learning, like, as of now, and you mentioned this a little in your video of just people are extremely online now, so they can see and know how to get away without being criticized and learn the language and learn um, how to move through the world. And, like, it just doesn't mean anything that you're media savvy, yeah. you know? That's what it's become. It's that you're media savvy, not that you're actually yeah. anti-racist. It just yeah. is like being able to pretend that you are is a part of good PR. Yeah. And that's what, going back to Chris Harrison, it's kind of insane. Because even just from a general PR, intel like PR intelligence of what you can, it's crazy how he didn't realize it, and it, it just shows that yeah. his head is so big that he really thinks his he's beyond like normal PR rules and yeah. just being aware of the impact that he he would have by doing that. It's it's truly insane to me. It's oh, it's kind of wild. It's on tonight. I didn't even think about that. Like as we were talking, I didn't even how think about that fastly, How quickly it's approaching. Oh god. Oh god. I don't know okay. if I'm prepared for this to be honest. I just feel tired. I'm fully not prepared, but like I think this is the deciding episode of if I'm going to keep on with this throughout the um mm -hmm. ensuing weeks because I really just want to know what ends up happening. Yeah. Like it's hard not being able to binge watch this. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I think that's it. End it there. Mm -hmm. so do you yeah. want to plug your thanks so much for things? talking to me oh yeah. yeah um i posted a video on youtube it's currently called the bachelor has race problems are we surprised mm -hmm. um you can find <laughs> it at my youtube page my name is nada teresa 
on there um go give it a watch if you're interested in hearing kind of like more about my perspective on the whole situation with Rachel and kind of like the deeper race problems within the bachelor franchise um yeah, yeah. I would recommend even if you listen to this whole thing Nada really goes into depth and it was really interesting so I'd recommend going to watch that too if you're interested in hearing more thanks Amanda and mm-hmm. yeah and so do you have any other just, this is a bonus episode mm-hmm. yeah it ended up being like a, the length of a full length episode <laughs> we'll probably cut it down so that it's like yeah the little but um yeah i think that that's all i have to say here don't forget Mm -hmm. to listen to our regular episode of girls who grill that is coming out this friday Um, Mm -hmm. you can find me on instagram at amanda panda show or uh, i mean sorry on twitter and amanda panda show or on instagram amanda feinberg f-e-i-n-b-e-r-g um and don't forget to you you know (laughs) um don't forget to um (laughs) we're a little delayed so that's where it finally caught up to us um don't forget to give us some five star reviews and leave some comments um if you are a loyal listener you know this would just help us help us out a lot um please it would it helps get our podcast pushed out to other people so that they can Mm -hmm. listen to it and hear our beautiful voices as well week to week so if you should be um enjoyed this Mm-hmm. Should we you enjoy um, this? Go ahead and leave a review. <laughs> Why is it so hard right now? It was working so well. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, I was just gonna say we can. This can be off, but should we read? Do the thing where we like read some five star reviews on our show to we incentivize should. people. I think. We okay, should. so yeah. we're gonna do that starting next time. So get in your five star reviews now. Mm-hmm. Yes, get in your fight. We're we're on a bit of a delay with like posting mm-hmm. yeah. podcasts. So whenever we record our next episode, which will probably be sometime this week or next week, whoever has posted a five star review will get a nice, lovely little shout out from us on mm-hmm. air. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you all so much for listening. And thank you. Bye. Stay hot. Bye. Stay hot out there. Bye.